0: Good morning to you and welcome to CBS This Morning. It's Monday, April 5th, 2021. I'm Gail King with Anthony Mason and Tony DeCobel.
1: The growing showdown between Republicans and big business over the GOP's efforts to change voting laws in the wake of the 2020 election. Major League Baseball has announced it is pulling this year's All-Star Game from Georgia over one such law in the state. So let's remind folks about what that law does. It shrinks the window for sending absentee ballots severely limits the number of ballot drop boxes and gives more control of local elections to state lawmakers who are majority Republican. It also makes it a crime to give water or food to people waiting in line to vote. There are also less controversial elements like expanding early voting so that there are at least 17 days to cast a vote, and it can go up to 19 days if counties choose to offer two Sundays of voting. The bill also requires that when lines are longer than one hour, uh, counties must send more staff and machines out. A number of big businesses in Georgia, though, including Delta and Coca-Cola, have criticized the law, leading Republicans to threaten retaliation. For more on all of this, we are joined now by Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. Mayor Bottoms, good morning to you. A complicated morning for you, I I imagine, because this is somewhat divided Democrats. On the one hand, you've got uh, Joe Biden, President Biden, uh, supporting the move by Major League Baseball. But Stacey Abrams, prominent Democrat in the state, says while she commends Major League Baseball, she's disappointed about the impact this move could have on families there in the Atlanta Atlanta area. Where are you on this this morning?
2: Well, first of all good morning and thank you for having me you know this is a tough one the metro atlanta economy is the 10th largest economy in the nation and so when you talk about boycotts in and around atlanta and the state as a whole It's impacting small businesses. It impacts corporations that hire not just corporate officers, but administrative assistants, people who clean up the building, work in the cafeteria. And so I respect the decision. I understand the decision, but I don't like the fact that we have been put in this position by our state legislature and our governor because the people of Georgia will suffer.
1: Yeah. Mayor Bottoms, you've said that other dominoes may fall as a result of this law in your state. Have you heard from other companies who have already signaled that they're not going to do business in Atlanta or in the state of Georgia because of it?
2: Well, I do know that there are other large-scale events that are, are, are openly contemplating whether or not they will uh, stay in our state. Tourism is one of the largest industries in our state. Delta Airlines is one of the largest employers in our state. So this will have a devastating impact. And the irony of it is that we were opened up early under the name of getting back to some type of economic recovery. And with just one signature, that's all been wiped out. And so it's not too late for the governor and the legislators to go back, do something differently. They can go back in January they can fix this very broken and ill-conceived law or they could perhaps can even go into special session uh, over the next few months and make tweaks that will allow us to continue to be the, the open and welcoming state that we claim to be.
0: Well, the governor uh, mayor bottoms good to see you the governor and the republicans in your state legislature do not appear to be break do not appear to be backing down they say they are standing firm are you worried that this will now backfire against your state and your city i'm absolutely concerned that this will backfire this
2: is the first of likely many events that we will see pull from our city and from our state um, and also, again, we are home to almost 30 Fortune 500 companies in the metropolitan Atlanta area, an area that voted very heavily uh, Democrat uh, back in November and in January. And so, it is—it's unfortunate. We—we've had laws contemplated in the past that that people threatened boycotts, but we've also had governors in the past who vetoed those laws. And this governor has chosen not to do so. Instead he's doubled down.
3: So so mayor, how would you like corporations and businesses to respond to this issue?
2: Well, what what you've seen is a response from corporations and businesses. But it's hurting
3: the city potentially. So what would you what if anything would you like them to do?
2: Well, just what corporations have done. They have spoken out and said that they support access to open voting. Uh, And that this law is is not a good law for our state as a whole. I think that at this point that is all they can do. But there is well actually there is a little more. I know many corporations have already said that they will not support candidates uh, with financial support who supported this law. And so it it looks like it's going to be a very long uh, and painful fight all the way around. But again, there's an opportunity to fix this. You have to know when to hold. You have to know when to fold. This is hurting our state, the economy of our state, and that's not good for anyone, no matter what side of the
3: aisle you are on. Mayor Keisha Lance thank you very much for being with us this morning. We appreciate it. In a new sign that Americans are ready to move on from the pandemic, more people traveled by air over the weekend than at any point since the crisis began. It comes as the U.S. set a new record Friday for vaccinations with more than 4 million in a single day. More than 106 million Americans have received at least one dose, that's 40% of the adult population. Health officials are concerned though that we're loosening restrictions too fast, potentially causing another spike. Errol Barnett is at Newark Liberty International Airport. Er Errol, what's the advice for travelers?
4: Well, Anthony, the advice remains, if you can, refrain from air travel. But judging on the traffic we're seeing here at this terminal this morning and the millions of people who traveled this weekend, many people just cannot refrain. They have to get out. Many folks heading back now after seeing friends and family for the Easter weekend. And this comes just as the CDC issues new guidance for people who are vaccinated. You don't have to self-quarantine or test before you fly. But the major caveat here is it still advises against international National travel, and non-essential domestic trips. <laughs> in San Jose, California, Kathy Anderson reunited with her daughter for the first time in a year. I love you, too. Anderson is one of the millions of Americans who returned to the skies this weekend, shattering pandemic travel records. Increased demand prompted Delta Airlines to temporarily open up middle seats, and Americans' domestic bookings are at 90% of pre-pandemic levels. It just seems like all of a sudden it's a rush. Larry Pettis says he felt more comfortable flying because he'd been fully vaccinated. He's one of the 61 million Americans, roughly one-fifth of U.S. adults, who fall in that category. We know for vaccinated people, it's reasonably safe to do this. But among unvaccinated people, it is not yet and I'm worried that it's going to lead to, unfortunately, more infections and more hospitalizations. Dr. Ashish Jha says lot. decreased testing, relaxation of public health measures, and new variants are now contributing to the spread of COVID in several states. It really is a race right now between these variants that have become widespread and are spreading much more effectively and quickly, and how many people we can protect through vaccines. The variant initially detected in the U.K. now accounts for about 26% of COVID cases in the U.S. And this weekend, officials announced a new variant initially identified in India was found in the Bay Area. It's actually just made up of a couple of other variants that we've seen elsewhere. The data so far suggests that it may be more contagious like the U.K. variant is. Now, as scary as that sounds, Jar says that the vaccines, vaccines do appear effective against the variants, and more Americans are getting these shots. All of that, not just encouraging news for everyone's health, but for the travel industry, which has been battered by the pandemic. The hotel and leisure sector added 280,000 jobs during the pandemic, but, Gail, the unemployment rate is still twice the national average at 13 percent. So positive signs, but a long way to go.
0: Yeah, very positive signs. I love a good airport hug, but you're right, unemployment, not so great. Thank you, Errol. Good to see you. Florida's governor is declaring a state of emergency today because of a toxic wastewater pond near Tampa Bay is in danger of breaching. The Piney Point Reservoir at an old phosphate plant is surrounded by radioactive material, though officials say that the water is not radioactive. Florida officials have evacuated a nearby jail in more than 300 homes. Janet Shamlion is in Palmetto, Florida, tracking efforts to keep this reservoir safe.
5: Millions of gallons of wastewater for days have been released into Florida waterways, including Tampa Bay, to relieve stress on the pond's retaining walls in a desperate effort to avoid an environmental disaster.
1: What we're looking at now is trying to prevent and respond to, if need be, a real catastrophic flood situation.
5: Officials say the pond at an old fertilizer manufacturing plant holds 480 million gallons of polluted water, a mix of saltwater, storm runoff, and acidic water containing phosphorus and nitrogen. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis denied reports it's radioactive.
1: The water meets water quality stando- standards for marine waters. Uh, with the exception primarily of of the phosphorus and the nitrogen.
5: The Piney Point phosphate plant closed 20 years ago. There's been growing concern about both the water and the deteriorating infrastructure holding it. A top state regulator called it one of the biggest environmental threats in Florida history in a 2003 story in the St. Petersburg Times. The paper reporting state officials fear the waste will spill into Tampa Bay, killing millions of fish, and destroying plant life for miles. Even without flooding, the controlled flow is pumping potentially dangerous water into the bay. Ed Sherwood, who runs a local estuary program, is worried about the impact.
2: For the past 20 years, we've been uh, trying to get attention to final closure for this facility. I think this just raises the bar. Sherwood
5: says the nitrogen and phosphorus concentrations could fuel more algae blooms, which can kill off fish and other wildlife.
2: The people that work and live in Tampa Bay have have done um, a lot and made a lot of investments to get the bay back in a healthy condition as we see it today. It wasn't always like this. So when these events happen, it's almost an insult to that community.
5: This is the point at which they are turning people around. Authorities say beyond these barricades, it is not safe. Now, authorities say after this current situation is resolved, they will work to close the plant permanently. But the bigger issue, they say, is that there are dozens of plants like this crumbling, aging infrastructure all over the state.
1: Tony. Infrastructure, we're hearing a lot about it these days. Janet, thank you very much. In Minneapolis, people gathered on Easter Sunday, close to the spot where George Floyd was killed nearly a year ago. The murder trial of fired police officer Derek Chauvin begins its second week this morning. And our Jamie Ucas is outside the courthouse where it'll happen. That's in Minneapolis. Jamie, good morning to you.
6: Good morning, Tony. Minneapolis is increasing law enforcement presence on the street this week for the trial. George Floyd's death affected people far beyond the city. We even met a woman here yesterday who drove from Iowa to pay her respects. But at the heart of this tragedy, tragedy is a community still grieving. No shelter, no An Easter celebration gathered here in the World Outreach for Christ Church parking lot, just feet from the memorial marking where George Floyd died. Pastor Curtis Farah honored Floyd during his Easter service. It is
4: going to take the power of God to get
6: racism out of our human nature. Julie Jefferson reflected on Floyd's death after the service.
2: It's hard to understand how one human being could do that to another human being. For us that goes to this church, no matter what they change around here, you're gonna always remember that moment.
6: Sammy Birch lives not far from where Floyd died back in May.
1: Prayer is
2: one after action, but you got to take action as
6: well, Uh, protest. Teach people uh, rights from wrong. What would justice look like? Well, to be treated as one. I mean, I'm no different than you. You're no different than me. As the Derek Chauvin trial hangs over Minneapolis, Jefferson says the testimony has been too painful to watch.
2: I have two sons. They're grown and married now. And I look at that as if
6: that could have been them. Testimony like Friday's from the most senior Minneapolis police officer, who was highly critical of Chauvin's use of force on Floyd.
3: Putting your knee on a neck for that amount, of, uh, that amount of time is just um, uncalled for.
6: Chauvin's attorneys dispute those claims and argue it was a combination of health conditions and drugs that caused Floyd to die. We expect more officers to take the stand this week, including the chief of the Minneapolis Police Department, who fired Chauvin days after the incident and apologized to Floyd's family. Anthony?
3: Jamie, thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the CBS This Morning podcast.
3: Be sure to subscribe to Get Daily Podcast Original.
1: You can watch the CBS This Morning broadcast Monday through Saturday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on your local CBS station or live on the CBS All Access app. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to CBS Mornings on the go ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com/survey. Welcome to
5: Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate stable city on Earth—a haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer outerlands. <laughs> There's no crime in Pura. No murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, he promised to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy the Last City on the Wondery app, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com/slash-plus.
4: Stephen Colbert here to tell you about the Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of the Late Show with my producer Becca. Becca, what's what's up?
2: So The Late Show Pod Show is everything you love about The Late Show on oh, a I podcast. Want, I want to know about you. I, oh. Enough,
4: we've, we, we, People see everybody in an ad talks about the thing they're trying to sell. Oh. I'd like to know about you, the person behind creating the podcast.
2: Oh, I'm having a really good day. Barry baked some bread and my friend Kara got me some chicken salad. It's a really nice day in the office today.
4: Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.